Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful, here with a name you know. How could you not know him? You've seen him literally everywhere. ECW, WCW, uh, WWE, TNA. You saw him recently on Impact, but... Coming soon, perhaps, to MLW. We got Raven back here. How you doing, man? Good. How you doing? I'm trying to adjust my camera because <laughs> I'm having to do this on my phone because my mouse died. You know, I get yeah. the Wi-Fi mouse. And so the, the, the mouse died. And so I got this. I got the phone contracted. So, But it's giving me, like, some lower view from below. Yeah. So I look like I'm... Like I'm, uh, I'm pre- <laughs> Feeling like I'm being very pretentious up here. <laughs> I love it. looks on a little screen. I mean, I I would say that your character sometimes came off as pretentious, so maybe it's just maybe it's just that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, maybe absolutely. it's that. I, I was telling you before we went on the air. I'm doing like an ECW on TNN rewatch. I was able to get this Blu-ray that had the actual TV versions of this, so I'm seeing the hotline plugs and all that stuff, and I'm like, damn. If, if that's how I promoted, like, my scoops, I would, I would get destroyed these days. They were like, guess who's having sex with who in WCW? I was like, my God. Like, did you ever get hit up by anybody at ECW? Like, what kind of scoops you got for the hotline? No. Um, no, they just did that themselves, you know. They, yeah, so we're, we're, you're saying that... Um, that, that that scoop would be bad or would be good now? I would get torn to shreds if I... I don't post stuff about people's private lives. Like, I don't... I, I, I butt oh, out of oh, that. Oh, because of the woke scene, you're saying? I, I guess if you want to call it that. But, I mean... Yeah. Well, no, I'm a, I'm a liberal, so... I just, I just, you know... But some of the woke stuff's gone a little too far, and I'm a liberal, so... Sure. But, uh, like... Wait, I, I, thought you, I thought that's what you meant by saying... So-and-so is having sex with so-and-so. Like, cause no, I was just shocked. Was I, I was shocked because, like, of course I remember Mean Gene and all that, but 
I was I guess I wasn't paying as much attention to the ECW hotline stuff. Like they were really laying it in. They're like and it's funny because back then every week somebody was jumping ship. So every week it's guess who's leaving WCW? I was like, oh shit, who was it? But it's probably like, you know, those things are so famous for baiting switches. Like, I'm not saying we did that, but I, I don't know. But, like, you know, but I could see who's having sex with who, and it's the married couple. Yeah, that's also true. That is also true. Well, uh, you'll be head back to the ECW arena, which you've been to, I'm sure, plenty of times since ECW shut down. But, like, back with MLW... How how's that feeling for you? Because I mean, MLW, uh, you did a lot of really really cool stuff there, uh, in between some of your other runs. Yeah, yeah, I, lo- <clears throat> I like it. Um, I like going back for MLW because they always aspired to be ECW like, yeah. you know, and they aspired for it, but they didn't, you know, but they weren't like like some of the other as- aspir- aspirants where they were claiming to be the new. Yeah, you know, so. I like that. I always like that about them that they didn't they didn't overpress their own you know overpress their own coverage. You know what I mean? Like they they didn't outkick the coverage. They you know they knew what they were and they they were they were they didn't have to over brag about it. You know over hype yeah. it. You know and uh, and so I like working for them and I'm really glad I got to go back because I always liked Court and uh, and I always felt like you know. Like I mentor, like not that I mentored him, but I always felt like that I gave him, um, you know, I helped him a little bit, and uh, and he's always said that, so that's probably where I got it from. But uh, but I like working for people that that have a knowledge and a and a joy for my character, you know, which he really does, you know, Paulie really did, you know. Um, but other people didn't, you know, and so, you know, I, I really love working for uh, for Court, and I really like what we're doing, which I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. Not much. You know, because <laughs> yeah, it's it's my appearances are going to be a surprise. Or, well, I guess it's not a surprise anymore. But You're I mean, doing media for it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I was like, oh, that's kind of, I thought I was, but you know, how I'm going to appear, I suppose, I can't really talk about. Um and uh, but it's really good. I mean, the stuff we shot was really, really good. I mean, that's not just hyperbole because I'm not, you know, um, you know, I can embellish to a, you know to an extent, but I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to lie and just say things that aren't true because just you know to get ratings. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I'm with all all ego aside, they really did some cool shit with me. Yeah, and I mean. The stuff that you did in the initial run was one of the first things that put MLW on my radar. Like you had this feud with CM Punk. I had no clue who CM Punk was, like like whatsoever. And then I saw how you two played off of one another, and I was like, okay, this is something that I need to be watching. How do you remember like that even being pitched to you? Did you know him ahead of that? I mean, obviously this spanned multiple promotions. I don't. Okay. I know I did the feud with him in, in our in Ring of Honor. Yes. But I don't know where my MLW thing with him was before, after, or during. Because, you know, it all jumbles together, you know. But after 35 years in the business, it's, you know, the, <laughs> the linear the linear timeline isn't, uh, isn't pressed exactly in my mind. Other, you know, especially sure. with the independents. I mean, I know, the, I know my territory, you know, lineage 
you know, where I went from one company to the next. But the independence, um, yeah, that's uh, I don't even know which period well, it was. You know, I remember I was TNA I, after TNA. I was very confused. It was before TNA, but it kind of blended in because it started in ROH. Then a couple months later, it led into MLW. Then right at the end of MLW, you know, I'm hearing about these matches you guys have. Then you pop up on TNA and you're teaming with each other. Yeah. Okay, that's that's kind of what I thought happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what's funny is at the time, uh, Punk thought he was the greatest worker in the world, and, and he wasn't. But then ironically, not ironically, but, uh, but rather tremendously, he became the greatest worker in the business. Yeah. Like, I don't follow it anymore. You know, I don't, I don't watch, you know, shows. But I've seen enough, you know, stuff like at watch parties, you know, from the guest, uh, you know, the paid guest or whatever, stuff like that. That when Punk was in his, uh, in his WWE run, I saw some of that, and he was the best guy, the best worker in the business. Like, I don't know if he still is, but, but I always loved the fact that he really thought he was, which, which you have to. You have to have that kind of ego to be able to push yourself. And that he actually fulfilled it because I've had I've talked to a lot of guys that thought they were the best worker in the business, and you never heard from him again. You know, uh, I always thought that was cool. Yeah, uh, we have seen you recently on Impact. You filmed something with Reese. Like I, I didn't ever expect to see Reese back in in pro wrestling, but I mean, Impact brought in the Demon for a shot too. Like, how how does this come about? How does this get pitched to you uh, to do something with a former Flock member like Reese? Yeah, they basically got pitched to me exactly what you saw. They said, you know, um, they were in Atlanta. Um, I think I'm on a short list to be a road agent there. Um, okay. But, you know, I think they got, they're got they all booked up with, you know, they got too many of them as it is. You know, that's part of the problem. There's, there's too many talents for, just, for the spots there are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in all the companies. Um, but, uh, so anyway, so they just give me the Hall of Fame gig, which is really cool. And then, uh, and then they were, whenever they're in Atlanta, I guess they try and give me a booking, you know, out of respect. And, uh, and it's good for the, you know, it's good to, uh, you know, for me to show up on the, They like having guys show up on the TV that you don't normally see. Yeah. And plus, like I said, I think I'm on a short list for a road agent. Um, and if I'm not, I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, but I'm pretty sure I am. And, uh, the, um, yeah, it's just there's so many road agents now. Everybody like everyone's thinking, you know, like, hey, what do I do after my career? Oh, agent, you know. <laughs> and so those jobs are few and far between. But uh, yeah, luckily I'm okay financially, so I'm not really worried about it. But uh, yeah, I lost my whole train of thought. Is so, is yeah. that something that you'd be yeah, interested um, in doing? Like, is agenting yeah. something? Yeah. yeah, it wasn't for a long time. Like, I didn't want an agent. I would have, you know, I wouldn't mind being an assistant booker, but I didn't want to be an agent. And then after a while, I started thinking, well, I really want to pass on my knowledge. You know, what better way than to be an agent? You know, and plus, it's a new era of guys, so it's, there's a respect there that isn't, that wasn't, that, <clears throat> you, know, per, you know, as a person, I irritated a lot of people. You know, I was a bit of an asshole, so, you know, so... A lot of people probably wouldn't, uh, you know, my generation wouldn't be so, you know, they don't they don't realize that I've grown and changed as a person, and so they probably think I'm still an asshole. So, <laughs> but the younger guys don't know whether I was an asshole or not, or care, and they just think, wow, Raven was cool, you know what I mean? So, you know, 
so it's fun. And, and I really do want to pass on my knowledge, you know, to people who want to learn. If I was working with my own age group, you know, my own peers, not, my, not, not peers, but my people from my, my generation, they, um, they, they're not into learning anymore. You know what I mean? They've, they've learned as much as they're going to learn to a certain extent, and they're done learning, which, which I can respect to an extent. You know what I mean? Yeah, of I course. always try to improve. I always try to improve, like always. But, but for the most part, guys reach a certain level of talent, and they're like, "That's about all I'm going to learn." You know, that's about all the work I'm going to put into learning, and now I'm just going to reap the benefits, which is fine. You know. So uh, I, I like the I like the attitude, the hunger of the younger guys to uh, to uh, want to learn. And I mean, you worked with a lot of younger guys in the flock that Reese was a part of. Was there anybody like maybe pitched for the flock that didn't end up happening, or somebody that you wanted that didn't end up happening? Yeah, the whole flock. Um, I wanted I wanted all new guys. I wanted all guys that nobody had ever seen before because I didn't want a bunch of reruns. You know, I didn't yeah. want retreads. You know, and uh, but I didn't get what I wanted. I did get one sick boy. Yeah, and uh, and he really stood out. Because he was talented, low uh, low D two. Um, he's still he wrestling. He's still wrestling. Yeah, he no. looks great. He looks better shape than he did back then. Yeah, he's amazing. He's a uh, timeless, ageless. Yeah. No, ageless, not timeless. <laughs> the, so, uh, go ahead. So yeah, like I mean, we saw some people like Billy Kidman. We had never really seen him do much of anything except for get his ass beat on TV before the flock. Like, was that somebody that you were like? Okay, well, maybe it, not brand new, but new enough to where yeah. he doesn't have an established run. Yeah, no, that was cool. Um, Reese, I wasn't so jazzed upon because he had just done the Yeti thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and so, but I liked him because he was a giant. Uh, Hammer, I wasn't Hammer. I, I you know I wasn't I wasn't uh, you know asking for Hammer, you know, but DDP asked me to take him, and Hammer Hammer got a great look to him, but. I didn't want to like. I didn't want guys that were being retreaded. I mean, he worked out fine. You know, he worked out great. You know, but I wanted guys like you know, like uh, like Sick Boy Lodi. Um, you know, Saturn I wanted because Saturn was my boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, and he did work out for the most part. I mean, because you know, like Riggs, Riggs I loved hanging out with. You know what I mean? And Riggs great is guy. my boy, and Riggs can work. But I, I didn't want guys like him. But at least we, you know, because I, like I said, I didn't want reruns. But at least retreads. But at least we got to do a way where we we initiated him into the flock, and he wasn't just all of a sudden one day he's a new guy. You know what I mean? I always thought that if, if they wanted to retry a guy, take him off TV for a year, yeah. let him sit home, pay him to sit home, and then bring him back completely different. You know? So the way, the way we got Horace Hogan in the flock, funny story. Uh, Jimmy Hart comes up to me and goes, "Hey, Hogan was wondering if you take put his nephew on the in the flock." Like, sure, anything yeah. for Hogan, you know what I mean? What are you going to say? No, what am I going to say? No, you know? So, uh, so then the, 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 the Rivlin, me and Jericho and Conan used to hang out and we, we called ourselves the triumvirate of useless information. Oh but, yeah. Uh, we, yeah we were all- this show is sponsored by better help. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? 
The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. About trivia, Marks. But uh, the funny thing was, so the funny, the running gag became... Hey, did you know that Horace Hogan was Hulk's nephew? I'm like, I had no idea. <laughs> I think there's, you know, there was a, an expanded story that kind of could have been told there too. That that there he was, right there with his his uncle on top of the world, and here he is with you guys, who are the misfits of right. of the company. And uh, I I really loved the approach. It was all different sizes, shapes, like even personalities and stuff involved. And it's one of those things where it felt like TNA Impact tried to redo that multiple times, like with The Gathering, with Serotonin, with, with anything that they could. What were your feelings on that? Because, I mean, any stable that you were a part of would sort of be compared to that, obviously. See, I like having a stable. You know, I mean, yeah. I, had the, I had the Raven's Nest and ECW before that. Yes. Um, I like having a stable for a couple of reasons. One, it gives me more room for creativity. You know, with finishes and stuff, because I have more people to work to operate with. Um, I like it because then I don't have to. I can work smart, not not uh, not harder. I can work smarter and take less bumps and let, wait. Make people come to finally get me to make it mean something when they finally get a hold of me. They have to go through a you know a, a maze, a, you know a um, a gauntlet of of freaks and geeks. Yeah. And uh, you know, so I like it for those reasons. Also, I like directing traffic, like, you know, like when the when they're taking somebody like when do a run in on DDP's uh, diamond cutting all of them. You know, I love setting up the the run in the uh, playing through, you know, the mastermind behind he goes and then he feeds in this way. You know, obviously, Paige put his own spin on the two and the flock had their own opinions, too. But I like being, you know, in, in that role as, you know, as the flight director. You know who's, yes. who's flying this way? Who's flying that way? So uh, you you had mentioned uh, working smarter, not harder. I don't think you've you've had a match in a few years. Have you had your last match, or is that something you're still open to? No, I'm still. I, I've been working off and on until I had my knees replaced. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't replace the last year, and once they're healed up completely. And my shoulder is healed up completely. I got to get my shoulder replaced. I had the I had the left shoulder replaced in 2013. I got to get the right shoulder replaced in uh, next uh, the end sometime in this year, hopefully in the fall. And uh, then once that's, I'll probably still do tags because that's what I've been doing. Yeah. 
because I work like I, I don't like being a baby face, but on the indies I have to be. Of course, because it's, you know the fans come to see the stars. You know, so it's not fair, and it's not fair to just turn yourself to make them boo you, even though they don't want to. Yeah, you know that's kind of you know, especially you know for a couple hundred people. You know, it's just not worth the. And but as a baby face, I can I can tag with somebody. They do. I come in on the shine, beat the guy up. I don't get touched. Then um, <laughs> then the, I tag my partner, and he gets beat up. He makes the tag to me. I bump the other guys and go right to the finish. So I don't have to take any bumps. But nobody knows because nobody realizes I'm not bumping because the way the storyline is set up, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I look at the Rock and Roll Express. Ricky bumped all the time, and Robert just came and got the hot tag. You know, and, and instead of doing a bunch of false finishes, which every, everybody does anyway, I just go right to the finish. And, and I don't even use my finish, the Raven Effect, the DDT, because – because of the the bumping in it, yeah. you know, because of my shoulder, and uh, what I would do is I would just do the drop to hold on the chair, yes, which is gets the same pop, and then I'd either let my partner do the DDT because he's a local guy and he gets the rub, you know, or I would just pin the guy up to the uh, drop to hold on the chair, you know, and that way, you know, nobody uh, nobody's going, oh, we didn't get the DDT, you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. So all the bases are covered. It, it's all psychology. I mean, you know, if you know how to work smart. You don't have to work as hard, and like you can have a career for forever. You know what I mean? If you work as a babyface and tags. How did you, I guess, maybe perfect your DDT or separate it? Because it's always you and Jake. Like the you two are the ones that are are brought up in that conversation. Well, when I did it right and not lazy, I mean, there's a lot of bump where I'm taking it lazy and I'm just you know just dropping, you know, sure. and. Uh, but there's a lot. But when I do it right, the the ones that look the best, my legs go like this. I draw. I bet. I hit when I go to my back. When I go to bump, I kick my legs up straight, so they're at a 90 degree angle to my hips. Yes. Everything to my uh, to my stomach, to my hips, whatever. And uh, and so it looks more sudden because it looks like you're going poof. And so it gives it that sudden. And plus, I try and drop as quick. You know, like I try and drop as quick as I can too. And it's the suddenness that makes it look so good because a lot of guys, they just fall back, you know, or they, um, you know, and, 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 and it doesn't, and when I'm being lazy, my legs don't go straight up. You know what I mean? When I'm being lazy, they just, they just land like everybody else's. But when I'm doing it right, you know, yeah, I think it looks pretty cool. And that's why I chose it because, yeah, I knew a lot of guys use it as a high spot, but. I was like, well, when I do it, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it so it looks like a finish and make it a finish. Yeah. And you can do it to anybody. That's part of having a finish. You got to be able to do it to give it to anybody. You know. That's why, you, you know, like Candido used to power bomb guys off the top rope, which first of all is incredibly dangerous. But secondly, you can't do it to about five people. You know, back then because yeah. nobody was gonna take it. You know. I remember uh, when he was in WWF. He he didn't do it, but he had to take it from Marty Jannetty at Survivor Series. And I remember the first time I saw it, I, like I watched his head bounce off the mat because, like, how's he going to protect himself? Yeah. <laughs> like, how, how can he do that? Uh, I did a, a feature a while back with Rhino where he talked about his favorite gores, and he had even said that one of his favorites was one that he didn't hit, which was on you through the what? shopping cart. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember like yeah, how that, that spot came about? Like that—that that, that was just yeah. such a brilliant idea. I wanted to use a shopping cart, and I was going to pick it up over my head and, and have him come to the, between his, be in the ring and come between the second and third rope like 
he's coming to grab me, and I was going to smash him in the head. Yeah. Except then I realized I couldn't pick the thing up over my head because it was too clumsy. Yeah. And it was going to look stupid. So I said, why don't we switch it, Rhino, and you pick it up. Pick it up. And then I'll go to feed you through the second and third rope, bang me in the head, we'll throw it in the ring. And then I think he said, let's drop, have you drop to hold me on it. Which I don't know if that came before or after. And then he goes, uh, he, he comes up with great ideas. And he goes, he goes, let me go to Gore you and you move. And I'll take, I'll go into the shopping cart. I'm like, you can't Love fit it. in there. <laughs> and I don't know. I still don't know how he fit in there. It's like he, um, it's a miracle. Because I thought for sure he was going to hit it and just bounce back. Because his shoulders weren't going to fit inside it. But he got, he squished himself in there and did it. And I love that spot, man. A lot of wrestlers today don't know you spent time in all Japan. And we're talking like working Misawa, <laughs> Giant Baba, people yeah. like that. Years before, a lot of people knew about you in, in the States. What was that experience like? I mean, I know it was, uh, I don't want to say a short tour, but I mean, man, that's, that's quite three quite weeks. an experience to get in. in yeah, it was, like, three, it was three weeks. Um, and I was in, working in Portland Wrestling at the time. And they, uh, they called me up and asked me to do it. And I said, sure. But I've never been a big fan of the Japan style because sure. it's not about, you know, at least it wasn't about, you know, plots and, you know, and, and storytelling. It was more about just athleticism. And, uh, and I, I got, got in it for the, you know, for the storytelling. And um, so, so I, they asked me, Bobby actually even asked me to come back at the end of the tour when he was paying me. And then I never followed up on it because I was like, yeah, I don't want to, you know, I, as long as I had a job here, I didn't care. Yeah. Although I ended up going back like five times for five more different companies. Yeah. Like, you know, like people would say, hey, here's a show. We got one shot, you know, or, or three-day shows or whatever. Because three weeks was just too long for me anyway, yeah. you know. You worked Dreamer over in Japan at least once. I, I remember hearing about that. Uh, I think Tommy yeah. talked about that. But, I mean, it's just like, it's so wild. It's like you're over there and it's. Giant Baba, and you're teaming with Stan Hansen, and they're like, here's Kenta Kobashi, and my, and that was like in 1990 or something. It was uh, well before a lot of that, but something else that I saw, because I was like, let me see if there's anything hey, like you that. You know what's funny, real quick? Really, no, real go ahead. Quick, real quick, before you say that, um, I saw um, Bobby Fulton works for uh, for Billy Corgan for the NWA, which I was at recently, because I'm a road agent there. Yeah. And... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I forgot to say, yeah, I'm a road agent for NWA, so I do that as well. <laughs> um, but but I missed the whole last year because of my knee surgeries. But I, but I yeah. did another one uh, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But Bobby Fulton was there, and, and Jody Malenko showed up just to say hi because he lives in Tampa. Yeah. And so the three of us were all on that same tour that I was on in all Japan. That's wild. That is so wild. Yeah, really. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And uh, – Another thing crazy that I saw that I did I had no idea about, and I was like, oh, let me let me poke around, do a little more research. You wrestled a dark match against Coco Beware later that year for WWF. I didn't I didn't even know that that happened. Yeah, um, I got off the gas and I shrunk down to about two ten, and I was just too small for him at the time. You know, is isn't um, that wild that two ten is too small? That is technically a UFC heavyweight right now. Anything above two hundred five is a UFC heavyweight now. Yeah, no, actually, let me let me say, actually, I was, I got out. No, I was probably about two fifteen because I, I never really got. Yeah. I started. To be honest, I was a really skinny kid with with love handles. So I had a terrible build. I was like one hundred fifty seven pounds when I uh, when I graduated. One hundred sixty pounds when I graduated high school. Like I wrestled at one fifty seven, yeah. and I didn't cut, I didn't cut any weight. 
and to and so you know to years of lifting and years of taking gas and and i got to the point where i never really got below 215 even if i was off the gas yeah and i mean now you know now i'm 250, uh, 238 but uh but you know that's you get older you thicken out sure but back then i was just way too small you know and the one two three kid came in I think he had a tryout like the same weekend or something, or maybe maybe it was a different show, might have been a different whatever. But uh, but you know he was different because he was he was unique because he was a high flyer. But I was you know I was like the land of the giants, man. I was dwarfed by everybody, you know. Now you know now I'm a normal size, you know. Now the normal size is probably two fifteen anyway. Yeah, I mean that's it's very common. I think that MMA has kind of helped that because you see that ath- like. You see what combat sports athletes look like, by and large, and it's. I still think that guys don't, bigger guys don't have the affinity to get into business anymore. Like you know, like when the road warriors were doing it, everybody wanted to be a road warrior, you know. Yeah, that's fair. But now that everybody wants to be a Shawn Michaels or a Bret Hart, or now or actually now they want to be a um, you know, a CM Punker, <laughs> or um, you know, similar. But yeah. uh, but uh, listen, tune in MLW every week. Uh, tune into Raven's show on MLW Radio as well. That, that's that's out there. What anything else you want to uh, put over? No, oh, um, actually it's uh, Spreaker Radio, but uh, same Spreaker. thing. My bad, my bad. Yeah, but um, to hell yeah, with no, MLW no, Radio. If you're not watching MLW, watch it because it's gotten really, really good. You know, like I really like when I was watching the matches at the show. Yeah, really enjoyed them, and that. And if you make me enjoy your matches, then, you know, you're doing the right thing because I'm picky. I'm a picky bastard. There you go. Raven, thank you so much for the time. Until next time, guys, we're out. Thanks, man. You hear me talk about NordVPN.com slash Fightful a lot. It's because I use it every single day. You can listen or watch your favorite shows abroad. Whether you're in the States like me and you want to watch shows from uh, the UK or Australia, or you're just traveling and you want access to your local things. You can shield your data from snoops and criminals. You can safely listen to your shows, stream shows, browse in complete privacy by shielding your IP address. You can change your virtual location with just one click. Protect yourself on public Wi-Fi. You know that can be dangerous. People can get access to all of your stuff. Secure all the devices that you own. It's available on all major operating systems, and you can connect up to six devices separately with one subscription. 30-day money-back guarantee, four months free added on top of that deal. NordVPN.com slash Fightful with three great tiers for you to enjoy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.